in Parashat Kisisa, we have the episode of the golden calf. The Jews worship, they fashion and worship an idol while Moshe is in the heavens receiving the Torah. Hashem informs Moshe that the Jewish people have sinned. Moshe goes down. He is determined to rectify the rectify the problem, eradicate the corruption. He calls for volunteers. Who is who is for Hashem? Who is on Hashem's side? To me, come to me. The entire tribe of Levi gathered to Moshe's side. He told them, This is Hashem's instruction. This is His word. Arm yourselves and then pass through the Machina. Each man should kill his brother. Each man kill his friend. His relative. Anyone who has sinned must be killed. That's what they did. They followed their instructions. And they killed 3,000 men. It's a, it's a very powerful image. They, they, they're being told that their, their devotion to Hashem, their, 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 the, the exigent need of correcting this problem is so great. They have, to kill, they have to kill their brother, brother against brother, as they used to say in the Civil War. Kill their friends, kill their relatives. This this devotion of Shevet Levi is, is is so noteworthy, so significant. It is referred to again by Moshe on his deathbed when he's praising and blessing Shevet Levi. This is such a, a crucial thing that he mentions it in the, in the brief psukim we have that he addressed to Levi right before he died. He mentions this as as understood by Chazal. Parshas v'zav sabracha u'levi amar tu mecha and he says, Omer la vivulimo lo reisiv. The one who told, who said to his father and his mother, Lo reisiv, I do not see you, I don't acknowledge you, Vesechav lo hikir. He didn't have any partiality, he didn't have any recognition, familiar recognition of his own brothers. Vespanav lo yada, his own children, he didn't know. Kishamruim rasechav rizchayin tsaru, because they kept your word and they, and they guarded the covenant. What, is, what does this mean? So Chazal say, in the Midrash, and the Sifri, as well as in the Talmud Bavli and Yoma, Chazal understand that this clearly is a reference to what they did here at the Egel, the fact that they were willing to kill their own relatives, their immediate family. The language of the Psukim is, is a little bit different in the two parshas. In, in Parshas Kisisa, it says, Achiv, brother, Reyehu, friend, Krovo, relative, in Vizos it mentions parents. It says, And it mentions, it mentions Banav, as Banav, it mentions parents, and uh, the, the children actually are mentioned in Kisisa as well. After they did, after they did this great thing, Moshe says, Each man has taken action against his, his son. His son is mentioned over there. Brother, parent is, parents are mentioned in Vizos so the Sifri and the Bavli say, is it really possible to say that it means literally parents and literally children? But it says that the entire Shevet Levi did not sin. Chazal understand that, that when Moshe called for volunteers, the volunteers were assuming are the ones who did not sin. We, we don't have, people didn't have the chutzpah, the ones who had actually sinned to come to his side and now take part in the cleanup. So the entire tribe of Levi gathered to Moshe's side. That means none of them sinned. 
So what father? A Levi's father is also a Levi. A Levi's son is also a Levi. And none of them sin. So what does it mean that they killed their, their, their parents, they killed father and mother, they killed their children? What does that mean? So Chazal explained, father means grandfather, a paternal grandfather is also a Levi. It means maternal grandfather, a person's mother's father from another Shevet. If, uh, if someone from another Shevet had a daughter, and that daughter married a man from Levi, and, that, and they had a child, and that's the, the Levi volunteer. So his maternal grandfather from another Shevet may have, may have sinned with the Egel, and he killed him if so. Brother, again, it means maternal relatives. Banov, again, his children are also Levim, they didn't sin. It means Ben Bito Me Yisrael. If he has a daughter who married a, a, someone from another tribe, he has, a, he has a, a son-in-law from another tribe, and a grandson, therefore, from another tribe, the, the, the tribal lineage follows the, the paternal line. Ben Bitomi Yisrael, that's Banov. It's a, it, it's a very, very powerful image that, that they were asked to kill. We discussed this a while back about the Akedah. That's what happened at the Akedah. Rav Salvechik and other, other modern thinkers emphasized this, that he wasn't just being asked to sacrifice... There, 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 were, there, were, there were several dimensions to the sacrifice. One of them was he had to sacrifice his sense of morality, his, his entire sense of, of ethics, of a, of a just and compassionate and, uh, and God who cares about people. He was asked to go against his morality, but also it was his child. He was asked to sacrifice his own child. Of course, in that case, the, the ultimate sacrifice was not really demanded. He had to be prepared to do it, but he wasn't actually, he never actually did it. He wanted to do it. He was on the verge of doing it. But here, B'nai Levi, they actually had to kill their, kill their parents or grandparents, kill their children or grandchildren. That was all the, that was what Hashem demanded, and that was the, the great, great act of devotion to Hashem that, that Moshe praised them for on his deathbed. This is a very traditional, very, uh, very old school type of belief. There is. There's an essay by the English writer, the English modern humanist and liberal writer, E.M. Forster, called What I Believe. He says, I do not believe in belief. But this is an age of faith, so he's going to have to set forth his own creed. He says, most people believe in belief and want even more belief. He says, my lawgivers are Erasmus and Montaigne, humanists, not Moses and St. Paul. Our our lawgivers are Moses, of course, Uh, not St. Paul, we're not Christians, but... Forster doesn't accept uh, the law of Moses. And, one of the, one of, and a, a very famous line in this essay, he writes that, I hate the idea of causes. And if I had to choose between betraying my country and betraying my friend, I hope I should have the guts to betray my country. He says, uh, love and loyalty to an individual can run counter to the claims of the state. When they do, down with the state, say I. So Forster wasn't a big believer in traditional religion, wasn't a big believer in nationalism and patriotism, the old conservative values, but we of course are. Certainly with regard to religion, we believe that yes, that, that a person's loyalty to Hashem does have to trump his loyalty to his nearest and dearest, to his own parents or grandparents. As it is, they, 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 as it is, they, they, they didn't have to kill their parents because the parents hadn't sinned. They didn't have to kill the children because the children didn't sin. But they had to kill grandparents and they had to kill grandchildren. An unspeakable thing. But that's what that's what Takosh Baruch Hu sometimes asks of us, and that's what we have to be prepared to do. That, that's all, as we discussed, as Salvechik says about that Kedah, it's about submission, it's about giving up the values, whether they're material or spiritual or personal, the, the things we hold most dear. That's easy to sit here and pontificate about that, it's not so easy to do, but, but that, that's what we believe, that, that Akash Baruch Hu can ask us sometimes things that are incredibly difficult to give, and we have to do them anyway. That's what, that, 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 that's what Avodah Hashem means, that's what 
That's what Mesiris Nefesh means. We have to do the Ratzon Hashem no matter what the cost is. Now, as we've been mentioning, Shevet Levi was not actually called upon to kill their parents because the parents hadn't sinned. Actually, in theory, I'm not sure, in theory they could have been asked to kill their mothers. It says their fathers were Levi and Shevet Levi didn't sin. It's not entirely clear. Well, it, it also says that women didn't sin at the Egel. It, it, uh, it says that the men sinned at the Egel, women didn't sin at the Egel. It says when, when they were asked to give the earrings, it says that they, they, he said, give me the earrings of your children and, and your wives, and said so they gave their own earrings the women didn't want to give, because the women didn't want to give their earrings. On the other hand, the Pasuk does say, Haomer la'aviv uli imo lo re'isiv. It, it, does, uh, it does mention imo over here. Not sure if they, were actually, uh, if they were actually killing mothers or not. But in any event, they weren't actually called upon to kill parents, the Chazal say. They were, they were called upon to kill grandparents and grandchildren. But what actually is the halacha? If a person's father doesn't have era, a person's mother doesn't have era, and, and based in determines that punishment is called for, death, flogging, various corporal punishments that based in imposes, sanctions of various sorts, excommunication, which involves cursing, pronouncing imprecations against the person. Can the son do it? Can the son be an agent of Bastin to impose punishment upon his, his parent? So this is, this, is the, this is the topic I want to discuss for the, for the remainder of our share tonight. It's actually not so simple. It's actually a, it's actually, there's an extended discussion about this in the Gemara and Yavamas. The, it, 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 I'm sorry, Gemara and Sanhedrin. There are two Gemaras, Gemara and Yavamas and a Gemara in Sanhedrin. The, the Gemara in Sanhedrin goes as follows. The Gemara in Sanhedrin has an extended discussion about whether a child can inflict punishment on his father. Can a son accept the commission as, to act as a shliach of Bastin to strike his father, to give him alchus, to excommunicate him, pronounce an anathema against him? Can the son do it? Normally, a son is not allowed to hit his father. You can allow to hit anybody, but you certainly not allow to hit your father. There's a particular lav and a particular chiyuv misa for for striking a father, cursing a father is a, is a particular prohibition. So maybe he can't do it. Maybe you have to find someone else to do it. The Gemara says, "Why? The, no one's allowed to hit anybody else. Uh, hitting is always usher, but it's overridden by the fact that he needs to be hit. So, so why can't that apply to the son as well? The same way." Kvot Shemayim, the honor of heaven, overrides the standard prohibition against hitting your fellow Jew. So why, why shouldn't it override the prohibition against hitting, uh, against hitting your father? Right, so, so Dr. Makovos wants to know, does it matter if there is, it, does it matter whether there is somebody else available or not? So I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that makes a difference or not. That's a good question. Right. So, so, so Dr. Makovitz is pointing out that a little bit earlier in the same Gemara Nivamas, the daf earlier, the Gemara talks about another, an, another question about Kibbutz Avaim. Can the, can the son remove a splinter? Can the son perform surgeries? You know, modern post can talk about injections. Can the son administer, administer uh, an injection to a parent? And again, there, there we have distinctions there, whether there's someone else who can, who can do this or not. There the issue is, on the one hand, for the father's own benefit, it's not, you're not doing it in anger, you're doing it for the, for, you're doing it for the father's benefit, but you are still causing him an injury. So that's, that's another discussion in the Gemara. And there, there we have a distinction between whether, the, whether there is somebody else who is able to, uh, 
whether someone else is able to do it or not. This Gemara, I'm not sure, makes that distinction. But the Gemara goes back and forth. The Gemara says, the Gemara tries to bring various arguments uh, for or against from different prices and so on. At the end of the day, the Gemara doesn't have an entirely, the Gemara doesn't, uh, doesn't have a clear and authoritative, uh, an authoritative uh, answer to this question until the end of the Gemara. The Gemara finally says, my haviyala. So, so what is the what is the answer? What, what what's the bottom line? Is, is, is can the son can the son inflict punishment upon his father? The halacha is he is not allowed to to do haka hitting or klala cursing. Chutz one exception. Chutz me mesis. Mesis is someone who incites someone else to do to do avodah because we are commanded to be particularly strict and, uh, and unforgiving and unsympathetic to Amasis. Amasis is the worst of the worst in a certain sense. And we, we have particularly strict rules about, uh, about uh, til- tilting the scales of justice against him and, and so on. And therefore, when it comes to Amasis, uh, anything goes. But other than that, it sounds like even if a desire itself, it sounds like the son could not kill his father in general, unless he's a Mesis. Mesis is even worse. Mesis is someone who induces others to do a desire. That's simply the, the, the absolute worst. Then the son can hit his father or curse him. But other than that, the son should not do it. So what would Shevet Levi have done had they been faced with people, their own parents, who had actually done a desire? I'm not sure. Maybe this was an exception, and maybe this was uh, a rush, or maybe not. Maybe they wouldn't have been able to kill, their, to kill their fathers. Certainly if there were other people around who could have done it, maybe not. Not clear. Again, as, as, as we've been saying, they weren't, they weren't called upon to kill their parents. Their parents hadn't sinned. But la halacha, the Gemara doesn't think this is entirely obvious, but the Gemara goes back and forth. But the conclusion of the Gemara is that for most Averas, for, for, for in general, the son cannot be a shliach based in to inflict punishment upon his father, to hit him or to curse him, except for Mesis. This is one Gemara. There's another Gemara in Yivamas. The Gemara in Yivamas is talking about a mamzer. Mamzer we translate as bastard. It, me, it means what bastard used to mean in English, not the modern sense, the modern sense of... Uh, of a uh, despicable person, it used to mean had a, had a legal meaning. It had a, a formal meaning. It meant someone born, Ill, someone born illegitimately. However, there was a big difference in halacha between a there's a big difference between the halachic concept of mamzer and the traditional European concept of a bastard. In in in, in European law and culture, a bastard is someone born out of wedlock. Be, could be both parents weren't married, weren't married to each other, weren't married at all. As long as the parents weren't married, the, 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 the offspring was typically called a bastard. In halacha, there are different opinions among the Tanaim, but that is not the case. We, we, the, the halacha is that if a ponyhabal, pnuya, if the people are single, then there is, uh, then there is no mamzeris, even if the father is married, if the woman is not married, his being married doesn't matter, the child is not a mamzer. The only time the child is a mamzer is if the union between the parents was forbidden, forbidden of a particularly serious uh, category of forbidden unions, either adultery, where the woman is married, so it's adultery, or in, the case, in cases of incest, where the relationship is a close familial relationship, father and daughter, sis, brother and sister, something like that, where the, in, in those cases the, the child is a mamzer, 
and he has a special halachic status. Other than that, the child is not a mamzer. If the mother's a nida, the child's not a mamzer. If the, in, in other cases, where there are chayve lavin, there are other types of isurim, the child is not a mamzer. The only case the child is a mamzer is if there was an isur, and a fairly serious isur done between the parents in the act that led to his conception. So the Gemara Nivama says that that the if the child if a, if a child who is a mamzer strikes his father, he's chayev. The, the general rule in halacha is that a father who is a mamzer is considered a father for all for most halachic purposes. This is the other, this is another area where the halacha diverges very sharply from Western law. A bastard in Western law has all kinds of uh, all kinds of. Uh, lessened position, lessened rights to a legitimate child. In halacha, a mamzer has virtually all the prerogatives of a legitimate child. The one halacha of mamzer is that, he, is that he's, here we're actually stricter than, than, than Western law, is that he's prohibited from marrying most Jews. He's allowed to marry another mamzer or a ger, yeris, but he's not allowed to marry an ordinary Jew. That's the one, it's a very great restriction, but that, that's the one, that's the one uh, main consequence of being a mamzer. But in terms of inheritance and, 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 inheritance and, and other rights and so on, a mamzer generally is treated like, more or less identically to a legitimate son. So the halach is, therefore, if he strikes his father, he's chayev. It's his father, even if it was not, a, not his legitimate parent, but it's his father. And therefore, if he strikes his, if he strikes his father, he's chayev, the, the prohibition of hitting a father. He's high of the punishment for, for, for a son who hits his father. Says the Gemara, why? But there's a rule, v'nasi v'amchalosar, when the Torah describes cursing, cursing a nasi, cursing a king, cursing a ruler, when the Torah describes the, the prohibition of cursing, it says, ba'amcha in your people, which Chazal darshan to mean, ba'osem ma'ase amcha. the prohibition only applies to a, not the, the, it only prohibits cursing a person who is a Jew in good standing, a Jew who behaves the way a Jew should. He's osem mase amacha. But if not, then there's no prohibition. So the Gemara says, if the father produced a mamzer, as we said, by definition, the act of producing a mamzer is a terrible avera. So he's not osem mase amacha. So why can't, why can't, why is the son chayef for hitting him? So the Gemara says, you're right. A father who does this avera, you would not be chayef for hitting him. So why does the mission say that you are? Because we're talking about a case, Bosa Chuva. Chuva can cure all ills, most ills. Chuva is capable of, of, of returning somebody to, to being a Jew in good standing. The father did Chuva. He did the act, he did the Avera that made a mamzer, then he did Chuva. So then, if the son hits him, then he'll be Chayev for hitting him. But as long as the father is Omid Barisho, he will not be Chayev for hitting his father. Now, the Rif and the Rush. Add, add a very important point to this Gemara. They say, that which the Gemara says, that if he doesn't do tshuva, the, the makshin assumed, and even the tartan conceded, that if he hasn't done tshuva, then he's a Russia, he's not osim ase amcha, and therefore the sun won't be chayef for hitting him, that's only lenin chiyuva, the sun won't be chayef. However, an iser remains in place, even if he hasn't done tshuva, there's still an iser to hit your father, or to curse him, and his proof is from the Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin talks about whether a son can be a shliach based in to hit or to hit or curse his father, and the maskan of the Gemara is no, he cannot. Why? If the father is if the father is chay, is chay of punishment for based in, that means he did an avera. That means he's not osimasi amcha. So what's the problem? The, the whole Gemara is discussing whether a son can hit his father or not. Whether the need to punish him overrides 
the the Isser of hitting a father. What's the problem? He said, the father's not Osir Masiamcha. What's the whole discussion about over there? And it's all, we pass it, it's Osir. Why is it Osir? Says the Rif, the answer is, even though the Gemara Nivama says there's no Chiyo for hitting a father who's not Osir Masiamcha, it is still Osir. You're not Chayev, but it's still Osir. So the Rif and the Rush conclude that even though the Gemara Nivama seems to be saying that if he hasn't done Tshuva, then you don't owe him anything, you're allowed to hit him. No, it's not what the Gemara means. You're not allowed to hit him. You won't be high of the particular punishment for hitting a father. But the Issa remains in place, and that's why the Gemara in Sanhedrin says that the son cannot be a Shliach to hit his father for, in general, for any of Eir except for Mesus. Tosus has a different approach. Tosus says that the Gemara Nivama says that it depends whether he did Shuvah or not. Says Tosus, the whole Gemara in Sanhedrin is talking about a father who did Shuvah. The father... Did a, did, a, did a serious Avera, for which the punishment is Malchus or, or, or Klala or so on, then the father did Tshuva. As we discussed previously, the halacha is, Basin Shalmata does not, does not exonerate people who do Tshuva. If someone is convicted of a crime and needs to be punished, he has to be punished even after he's done Tshuva, even in modern American law. The fact that someone has a... Uh, remorse, on, on, he's on death row, he has remorse, that's not in and of itself a reason to, to vacate his conviction, to, vacate, to, to, to commute a sentence. The, the president has the right to pardon him if he decides that his remorse is, is, uh, is significant, but under the law, the fact that you've done tshuva doesn't, uh, doesn't remove the, the onish of, of the court from you, and that's the same thing in halacha, that the fact that even though he said tshuva accomplishes great things, we discussed previously why Basin punishes people even if they've done tshuva. Some say just pragmatically, it's hard to verify the tshuva. Some say we have to maintain deterrence. If we let everyone just say they did tshuva, then practically speaking, we'll never kill anybody because everyone will do tshuva and there'll never be any punishment, so we'll lose the deterrent value. There are other explanations. But the bottom line is, Basin does punish people even after they've done tshuva. So Tosa says, the Gemara in Sanhedrin that says the son cannot hit his father unless he's a Mesis, that's because we're talking about a father who did tshuva. However, a father who did not hit tshuva, go ahead, Tosa says. You can hate your father, the, at least if you have a good reason to. You can hate your father because, uh, the, the, because the Icar is like the Gemara Nyevamas, that a father who has not done tshuva, who's not osim ase amcha, not only is there no chia for hitting him, it is even mutter lechatchila. A person is allowed to hit a father who is not osim ase amcha, who has not done tshuva for a serious avera he's committed. So we have a major machlokas between the Rif and the Rush on the one hand and Tosis on the other hand. The Rif and the Rush say that even a father who has not done tshuva there's no chiyah for hitting him, but you're still not allowed to hit him, l'chatchila. And we have the sheet of Tosfus, who seems to say that a, a father who has not done tshuva, you would be able to hit even l'chatchila, and the Gemara Sanhedrin says you can't. That's because we're talking about a father who did do tshuva and is being punished nevertheless. We turn now to a related machlokas. The Rambam rules, and there's no, and this is something which is not explicitly discussed by the Gemara, but this is even more practical than what the Gemara does discuss. The Rambam writes, Mishaya Avivima Rishayim Gemurim, Avaris. A person whose father and mother are absolute villains, Rishayim Gemurim, and people who are sinners, they commit sins, even if it's Nigmar Dinam Lahariga, Vehem Yotzim Leharig. So the Rambam writes that, that, that well, the first the Rambam writes, it's also to hit them and to curse them, as per the conclusion of the Gemara in, as per the conclusion of the Gemara in Sanhedrin. And the, the Rambam seems to learn like the Rif and, and the Rush. We're not talking about where he did Tshuva. doesn't say anything about Tshuva. He says, nevertheless, it's Aser. He, he takes the Gemara at face value, like the Rif and the Rush, that even though you're not Chayev, it's still Aser. 
in kilo, chavel ben potter. It, it's explicit. You're potter because he didn't do tshuva, so you're potter. But nevertheless, you're, you're still awesome. In master tshuva, then you're actually chayev, or he's a chayev, an eregalan. So the Rambam, is, the Rambam learns, like the, like, the, like the riff and the rush, that the Gemara in Sanhedrin is talking about a son, a father who did not do tshuva, and you're not chayev for hitting him, but it's still asir lechachila, except for the avera of, except for the avera of, the Gemara says, except for the avera of Mesus. But elsewhere the Rambam talks about something which is not explicit in the Gemara. Elsewhere the Rambam says, hamamzer chayev b'chvar avivimoro, there is a chayev of kibbun avayim. Not only is it usher to hit them, the chiyuv of the mitzvah of Kibbutz Aveim, one of the Ten Commandments, the mitzvah of Kibbutz Aveim remains in force, even though we said before that you're potter for hitting him and for cursing him until he does tshuva, but the chiyuv of Kibbutz Aveim remains in force, even for a father who is a Russian. A great chiddush, and a very important halacha, the Rambam, that a person is obligated in Kibbutz not, not that, that, that even that not only is it, not only is it not only is it usher to hit them, you even have a positive chiv of kibbutz avayim to a father who's a Russia. Even if the father is a Russia, balaveros, nevertheless, mechabado, misyarimi menu, you still have to show him honor, you still have to show him yira. If you see him doing something wrong, he's overall devrei Torah, you shouldn't say, Abba, you're, you're being over the Torah, you should say, you should, respectfully, the Torah says such and such, as if you're asking him, consulting him, even a father who's a Russia, this is a Gemara, that, that, that you shouldn't say Avarat al Torah, but others learn it's when he's making a mistake, or the, but, but the Rambam says, even if he is a Russia, even if he's doing it deliberately, even, even, even someone whose father is a, is, is a Russia and a Balaveris, nevertheless, there is a Chiyuv of Kibbut Avaim to a father who's a Russia. So not only according to the Rif and the Rush and the Rambam, does the Isser to hit him remain in force, you can't be the Shlech Basin to hit him, even if he hasn't done Shuva, not only that, there's actually a positive Chiyuv to show covered in Mora to a father, even if he is a Russia. And a balaveris. Other Rishonim disagree with the Rambam about this point. We already mentioned that Tosus disagrees with, with the riff and the rush about the Avera of hitting. The Smag and the Tur disagree with this Rambam in particular. They say it is not correct. If the father is a Russia, you are not obligated to show him covered in Mora. You may or may not be, be you may or may not be allowed to hit him, but showing act, showing positive covered in Mora, you do not have to do. They bring a proof from a Gemara. The the Gemara talks about someone who stole or borrowed bar- or, or collected ribbis, which is a, which is a serious isser. He has to return it. So it says, if he dies, then really the obligation to return the, the ribbis is only incumbent upon the father, not the yarshim. However, because of in certain cases, because of covered avihen, to to, uh, to to to, uh, to to correct the reputation of the father, people shouldn't say, oh, you know, he. He took that ribbis and never gave it back. So because of covered avihen, in certain cases, they're supposed to return. Even though Mikra didn't, they wouldn't have to return it. But because of covered avihen, they're supposed to return it. The Gemara asked, covered avihen? Why do they have to show him covered? The father's a Russia. He took money by ribbis. Why should they show him covered? Just like the Gemara in Yivama said, there shouldn't be an Isra to hit or a Chiyav to hit if the father didn't do tshuva, the father's a Russia. So here also, if the father's a Russia and collected it by ribbis, then then why should there be any chiyav to show him covered? So in Yivamas, the Gemara answered, he did tshuva. But here you can't say he did tshuva, because if he did tshuva, the Gemara says, that, uh, that why didn't he give it back? What, the, so the Gemara says what Dr. Makovitz is saying. The, the, we're talking about a case where he did tshuva, a deathbed conversion, and didn't have a chance to give it back before he died. So the Gemara clearly, seems to, clearly says that the, that the idea of covered avihan only applies to a father who did tshuva, says the Smag in the Tur, but a father who did not do tshuva... There's no chiyav covered, not like the Rambam. 
So the Smag and the Tur disagree with the Rambam. They say that a father who has not done tshuva, as long as he has not done tshuva, you are putter from Mora and Kava to such a father. What is the Rambam answer to this question? The Rambam says there is a chiv covered in Mora to a father who's a Russia. How would the Rambam explain this din that the Namal chiv to give back the Aveda, to give back the ribis if the father didn't do tshuva? So the Chorim give various answers. The Chorim give various answers for the Rambam. Particularly interesting is, I think, is an answer of the Radvaz. The Radvaz says yes. The Rambam does say that a person is supposed to show covered even to a father who is a Russia. Why? There's still hope, like the Bali Musra say. As long as the candle's still burning, a person can do tshuva. As long as a person's alive, he can do tshuva. The father is not totally gone yet. He, he's a Russia, he hasn't done tshuva yet. There's hope for him. He's, he's, still, he's still alive, he can still do tshuva. If the father dies without tshuva, then his, 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 his story has concluded, he's done, his position is fixed, he's a Russia, he's forever a Russia. At that point, there's no longer an obligation to show him any covenant. Okay, the Akron give other him as well. But be that as it may, however, however we understand this Gemara, this is a machlokas, halachalamaisa, between the Rambam on the one side and the Smag and the Torah on the other. The Rambam says not, that not only is there an Isser to hit a father, to curse a father, to hit a father who's a Russia, even if he hasn't done tshuva, even though there's no chiv, there's still an Isser. Not only is there an Isser, like the riff and the rush, there's actually a positive mitzvah of kibbutz Aim as well. The, the Smag and the Torah say no, a father who's a Russia, there is no obligation to show him covered and mora. How do we paskin? The machlokas are we paskin? The shulchan aruch, the shulchan aruch paskins like the Rambam. Mamzer chayav bechvaravu moro. A mamzer, even if the father hasn't done tshuva, he, he's chayav to show covered and moro to the father. Even if the father is a rashu balaveris, language of the Rambam, mechabedo misyarim imenu, the chayav covered and yira remains in place. Mechaber paskins like the Rambam does not bring the dissenting opinion. Mechaber paskins lechumra. And some posts can say, for Svardim, this is, this is the, you have to be strict about this. Machaber doesn't bring any, any alternative opinion. That you are mechayiv to have covered in Mora for a father, even if he is a Russia and a Balaveris. The Ramah says, Yesh Omrim, that you're not mechayiv to Machaber if he's a Russia, unless he does tshuva. That's the sheet of the Torah and the Smag. So the Ramah brings the Yesh Omrim. Ramah doesn't say, Vechenagim, or that's the Minag, but he does bring the Yesh Omrim. So, how do we actually paskin? The, the Machaber clearly paskins that you are mechayiv. Ramah says, Yeshomer. How should we paskin? So the Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch says that he brings the Mechaber and the Ramah, that Mechaber says, Chayev, Yeshomer, that you're not Chayev. Says the, says the Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch, the Yesh Lachmer Kisvar Harishona, a person should follow the stringent view and should continue to show covet and mora for his father, even if his father is a Russian. Aruch HaShulchan inclines to the lenient view. That says that there's no chiyav covered to a father who's a Russia. Okay, so the so the achronim, the achronim, the we have machlokus we shown him machlokus achronim how we paskin. The Taz and the Shach both say that even according to the Tur, who is who says that you're not to, to show covered to a father who is a Russia, even according to the Tur, they say that the, the Torah would still, could, could still agree to the riff and the rush, not like Tosis, the Torah could still agree that the, that the Isser of Klala and Haka remains in force. Just because the Torah says there's no chiv to show, to show positive cover to the father who's a Russia, he still might agree to the riff and the rush, and the Rambam also, that there is still, a chiv, there is still an Isser of Klala and Haka. The, 
that's how that's how the Torah would that's how the Torah might answer the Gemara and Sanhedrin. The Gemara and Sanhedrin, the Gemara and Sanhedrin seems to say that the that 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 that, that a son should not be a shliach. The Gemara and Sanhedrin says that a son should not be a shliach to uh, not be a shliach to punish his father unless he's a mesis. Why? If there's no chiv, if according to the Torah and the Smag, there's no chiv of covered, so then why why should he? Why can't he hit him? Says the Taz, because even the Torah and the Smag agreed to the riff and the rush of the Rambam. You don't have to actively show him covered in Mora, but you can't hit him and you can't curse him. So that, 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 that's how, that, again, Tosa says the Gemara is talking about a case where he was, where he was Asachuva, but if you don't learn like that, then you can learn that, 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 the, Torah, that the Torah agrees to the, the Rambam and the riff and the rush that there's an Isser, Haka, and Klali. You still can't hit him, even if he's a Russia. You don't have to actively show him covered, but you're still, you're still not allowed to hit him. Shach passes this way as well. That even according to the lenient view that the Ramah brings of the Smag and the Tur, that there's no chiv covered to a father who's a Russia. Nevertheless, even though you're not mechiv to mechavet him, you're not allowed to mitzayir him. You can't cause him tsar. That remains. That remains us. Now there is there is a major machlokus though that the, uh, the well uh, another chumra we have the the Pnei Yeshua rules that even according to the sheet of of the Smag and the and the Tur. That there's no chiyav covered to a father who's a rasha. What does it mean he's a rasha? So in certain halachic context, for a person becomes a rasha, he doesn't have error a single time. Says that says the pnei Yeshua, that's not that's not the case here. If if the father did a single avera, even if it's a serious avera, and he hasn't done proper tshuva for it yet, but if the father is not a an inveterate rasha, the father is still someone who is committed to observance. He sinned. He gave into temptation one time. Says the Pnei Yeshua, it's not Mestaver that because of that, the, the, the children are now exempt from cover for their father until he does tshuva. That's not Mestaver. When the, when the Gemara says that a Malva Baribis, someone who lends money Baribis, as long as he hasn't done tshuva, the sons don't have to show him cover, they don't have to return it. So the Pnei Yeshua says, the Gemara must have understood, we're talking about someone who was, compli- was, was, in, was in consistent and regular violation of Ribis. He, sorry? What's that? We get, get to Hansar, we'll talk about Hansar, right? So the, the Pnei Yeshua says that, 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 this, that, this, that, that this Gemara that says that, that, that they don't have to show honor to their, to their father who is a Malva Baribis, that Gemara means that the, we're talking about someone who is a, who, who is a, a, a systematic, regular Malva Baribis. He, he simply, he had a banking business and he routinely ignored the prohibition of Ribis. That's why the Gemara says until he does tshuva, they wouldn't have to show him honor. Okay, that, that's how the Smag and the Torah understand that Gemara. But the but someone who was guilty of an isser one time, there's someone who was guilty of an isser one time. For that, for that there would be there would be uh, for that there would be there, you wouldn't you wouldn't become potter from kibbutz avaim just for just 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 for one time. Now, what about the Gemara about, about Mamzerus? The, the, the Gemara about Mamzerus says that, the, that, that if the father fathered a Mamzer, then, the, then his son wouldn't have to show him covered because the father would, 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 wouldn't have the Chiyah for hitting him because not Amcha. So that, that Gemara seems to indicate that, the, that even, even a one-time Averi, we don't know the father was consistently doing Arias, but even one time the Gemara seems to say that there is he's not osimase amcha, and that there's no chiyuv for hitting him. So again, as we said before, it may be that that's not so much the chiyuv covered, even according to the Rambam. That's talking about the, the chiyuv for hitting him. The chiyuv for hitting him or for cursing him doesn't apply even for a single aver. 
but but the extension of the Rambam that you're not chayiv to show him covered at all, that the, 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 the extension of the tour that you're not chayiv to show him covered at all, that 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 that, that, that he doesn't bring it. They don't, they don't say that's that's what we see in the Marni Vamas. That, that that's a different din. That din is only the Pnei Yeshua seems to say someone who is a, a systematic Russia, a one-time Russia. You might not have a chiyuv to, to a chiyuv for hitting him and cursing him, but you still would have a chiyuv to show him covered in Mara, even according to the Tur and the Smag. That's how. That's at least how the Pnei Yeshua understands. The Rav Chaim Ibn Atar, however, is medayek in the opposite direction. He, the the Pnei Yeshua is saying that even according to the Tur and the Smag, who say there's no chiyuv to show covered to a father who's a Russia, that means an inveterate Russia, not someone who sinned one time. Rav Chaim Ibn Atar goes in the opposite direction. He says that even according to the stringent view, the view of the Rambam, he says that that means someone who did an Avera, Avera once, or an Avera, he's not consistently doing it, he says, he didn't do tshuva. That's where the Rambam says you have a chiyuv to show him covered. But if he's a Russia gomer, meaning not just, he gives into temptation. He's, uh, he completely, he's completely uh, a, 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 a consummate sinner. Such a person, even according to the Rambam, you don't have to show him on. And he's medaic this from the Rambam himself, because, because the, we mentioned before there are two passages in the Rambam. First, the Rambam says that if the, if the parents are Rishayim Gemurim, you're still not allowed to hit them. You're potter, but you're not allowed to hit them. Then he says, a mamzer still has to show cover to his father, even though he's a Russian of Balaveris. But the first time where he talks about Rishayim Gemurim Vavreaveris, he does not say that, that you have to show him cover. He just says, you're not allowed to hit them. And again, not hitting is not the same thing as showing them covered. So Rav Chaim Bernatar and other acronyms say there are two different levels of Russia. Someone who is not a, a, a consistent and regular Russia, the Rambam says you even have to show him covered in Mara. But someone who is a, a Russia gummer, who is, who, who, who is someone who's not just gives into his Yetzirah, he's, he completely abandons Torah and Mitzvahs, such a person you're still not allowed to hit, according to the, according to the Rambam and the Rif and the Rush, but, but such a person you don't have to show him covered. That's the sheet of Rav Chaim Ibn Attar, that once someone has, so that so so, so the, the the Rav Chaim Ibn Attar is essentially a kind of a mirror image of the Pnei Yeshua. The Pnei Yeshua says that even according to the lenient view of the Torah and the Smag, that you don't have to show covered to, to someone who's a Russia, that should, that doesn't apply to a Russia who's a, who did one of it, or that only applies to someone in the language of the Pnei Yeshua. That only applies to someone who that only applies to someone who who is, uh, that he, he continues engaging Beribis, Beferhesia, in public, Adiomoso, someone who is consistently and uh, prominently in public engaging in Ribis. That's the case the Rambam and the, and the, and the Smag are arguing about. The Rav Chaim on the other hand, says, no, see, he seems to say that, no, even according to the Rambam, the Chiv covered is only to someone who is not someone who is consistently abandoning observance. It's, it's someone who did Averis, but is still basically keeping the Torah, but someone who has completely abandoned uh, even a particular mitzvah, the way Rechaim Rebunatar says it is, someone who has, someone who is, uh, he's a Russia gummer, that he, that, that he, not just Yitzhak Atakfo, and, and, he, and, he and he regrets it, he has remorse, someone who is completely abandoning observance, he says, such a person is, even according to the Rambam, you're not mechayif to show kavod to. The Chidah is not happy with Rechaim Rebunatar. The, the Chidah says, that the, this, this idea of Reb Chaim Ibn Atar, the author of the Archaim and other Svarim, that Yinam Mechayiv to show covered, even according to the Rambam, to someone who is a Russia Gummer, a consistent and systematic Russia, Ein Varav Mechrachim, 
The Chita is not convinced that's correct. He thinks that according to the Rambam, no, you have to show cover to any kind of Russia. The Rambam says he's a Russian Abalavaris. To start being Mechalib between Russia and Russia Gomer, the Rambam says you have to show cover to, all, to, to a Russia. According to the Chida, that applies to any kind of Russia, and, and, and he doesn't accept this distinction. Uh, he's not persuaded by this distinction of Rav Chaim Ibn Attar. Putting this all together, Rav Avadi Yosef in Yabia Omer has a tshuva, he wants to know Balei tshuva, Chazrim tshuva, the parents are not Shomrei Torah mitzvahs, do the children nevertheless have a duty of kibur Ava'im to their parents? Or do you say no, since they sin b'mezid, they don't keep Shabbos, they don't eat kosher, you don't have to show them covet. Now, it's an interesting question to ask. I mean, surely, Ravadi himself is going to say, putting aside the, the formal sugi of kibur Ava'im, surely you should show your parents respect, if possible, first of all, because... You know, do you really want to push them away further? Do you want to have any chance of reconciling them with Torah and mitzvahs? Not showing them covered doesn't seem, their own child doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be the way to make Shem Shemaimus Ayval Yadchan. Rabadi is going to make that point, but so okay, I'm not sure what exactly was the thought process of the Shoel. That's the question he asked: Does the mitzvah of Kibbutz Avayim apply to, to the specific case? Was Balichuva, whose parents are not observant? Are they still expected to show, to, to, to conduct themselves with covered and mora to their parents? So Rav Avadia, Kedarka Makodesh, goes through this entire sugya, pages and pages, brings everything we've said, all the Rishonim and Achronim and Gemaras and so on. And Rav Adia basically concludes that, yes, you should be showing them covered. He writes so we, that we have the Ram, Fisfardim for sure, the Mahara passing like the Ram, who doesn't even bring the sheet of the Smag in the Turk. And so, for sure, for Svardim, he says, uh, of course you have to follow the Rambam. Even though he said, we had Rukhaim Ibn Attar, who says that even the Rambam would agree that if the parents are not just, they, they, they sometimes give in to the Yitzhahar, if the parents are just Risham Gemurim, they, they, don't, they don't observe Tarmitzvahs at all, even though Rukhaim Ibn Attar did say that in such a case, even the Rambam agrees there's no Chiv of covered. Again, the question wasn't whether he should hit his father. That, that, that's a different question. The question was, do you have to actively show them covered in Moru? So the Torah in the Smag might say no, but the Rambam says yes. And even according to, even Rav Chaim Ibn Attar says, even the Rambam agrees that, if the, that in, the, in the case of a father who is systematically flouting Torah and mitzvahs, even the Rambam agrees if he's a Russia gummer, not just, not just giving in to his Yetzirah, if he's a systematic and consistent Russia, there's no chiv to show him covered, says, says Rav Adi, but the Chidah disagrees. Furthermore, Rav Avadia adds, and here he makes a, a crucial point that, 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 that appears in halacha all the time, he introduces the category of Tinok Shanishba. The Gemara talks about Tinok Shanishba, literally a child who is captured, meaning a Jewish child who is snatched from, the, from his family, from Jewish society, and is raised by, by pagans, by, by, not, by Gentiles, without Torah and mitzvahs. And this child grows up ignorant of Torah, ignorant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, ignorant of mitzvahs, and yes, when he grows up, he does a verus. Says the Gemara, it's not his fault. He's a Tinok Shanishba. He's a child who was captured by the Gentiles. We don't blame him for doing what he did. He doesn't know any better. How's he supposed to know any better? So, Ravavadya says, in our generation, many of those who we call Chilonim, we call secular, we call non-observant, are really Tinok Shanishba. He brings earlier post who said this. This goes back to the Rav Yaakov Etlinger, the author of the Binyan Sion of the 19th century, who said that the, 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 the irreligious of his time, who had, who had uh, left Torah and mitzvahs, they, they don't know any better, the assimilation was so rampant, and the estrangement from Torah, the, the ignorance of Torah and mitzvahs was so great, that, that he wasn't sure 
we should really hold them to be errant sinners. And for the next 200 years, post have been 150 years, post have been debating this question of what is the, the proper categorization of irreligious Jews in contemporary times. Many poskim, Chazanish famously said, that we don't know how to give tochacha properly today, even though earlier poskim have said that if we're mochiach them and they don't listen, then at that point they, they lose the dispensation of Tinoch As long as he doesn't know any better, he's a Tinoch Once we explain things to him, we explain the right way to do things, and he still doesn't listen, then he's a Russia. Says the Chazanish, yeah, but that's when you actually, when, when, when we're competent and able to explain things well, we don't know how to do that today. Today, it's not his fault if he, if, because we, we didn't do a good job of, uh, of introducing him to Torah and Mitzvahs. So there's a vast literature on this about what exactly is the status of irreligious Jews with Manazeh. And the truth is, this discussion doesn't really begin with Rabbi Yaakov Etlinger and the reform movement in Europe in the 19th century. This really begins with the Rambam and then in the 16th century, the, the Svardim in Eretz Israel and in the, the, the Svardim in, uh, in the Near East. This begins in, in Turkey, this begin, the, the discussion begins there with the status of the Karaites. So the Karaites were a group that appeared first in the Gaonic period. They venerated Torah Shabbat They did not accept our version of Torah Shabbat They had their own ideas about how to do Torah and mitzvahs. They're still around today, but they're, today they're a shell. They're, they're a tiny, irrelevant group. But for many hundreds of years, from the time of the Gaonim, Rav Sadiagon, through the time of the Rishonim, Rambam and Ibn Ezra, through the time of the early Achronim, the Shulchan Aruch, and his contemporaries, the Karaites were, uh, were a flourishing and a flourishing group. They were major competitors to the, to the, the rabbinates, those who followed uh, the Torah, Torah Shabal Pep, and they had pitched battles. They, 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 they were considered a, an existential threat to, uh, to, 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 to proper religious observance. So the Rambam writes that even if the, the early Karaites were heretics who threw off the yoke of who threw off the yoke of Torah and Armasera, but the contemporary Karaites, Rambam says, it's not their fault. He discusses this in a number of places in his writings. It's not their fault, he says. They've been raised as Karaites. They're like Tino Shanishpa, and we have to try to be Makari of them and explain things to them and not, be, and, and not treat them as, uh, as heretics and, uh, and, and villains. Now, the, some Akronim understand the Rambam to be saying, based on his language, the, the Rambam's language is, we're not mamaher to consider them heretics. We give them a chance. Some Akronim understand, yes, we give them a chance. And if they fail to be reconciled after we approach them and give them the chance, then they're heretics. And then we, and then we condemn them as full-blown uh, Rishayim and Apikursim. <laughs> Other Akronim say no. Other Akronim say, real, be, realistically, it's, it's, it's not their fault. Even if we try to explain things to them, tell someone who's been raised all his life uh, in Karite religion, Karite theology, can you really blame him for not listening to you when you come and tell him the, the true religion? It's, it's not fair to blame him for that. And this was a major debate in the time of the Shulchan Aruch, that had to treat the Karaites, that the rabbinates had approached them and had fought with them for a long time, and they, they wouldn't budge, and they insisted on, 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 on being true to their Karaite uh, traditions. Some Akronim said, okay, there are Pekursim and Rishayim now. We gave them a chance. We, we tried to... Uh, we tried to correct them, and they, they, they refused to acknowledge. Now they're, now they're all Rishayim and Apikursim. Others said, no, they're, they're still Tino Shanishpa. It's not, it's, not, it's not realistic to expect more of them. And this, to some extent, was the same Machlokas in the 19th century, in the 20th century. So certainly a, a, a child who's 12 years old, who's never seen a religious Jew, he doesn't live in a religious community, may not be expected to know any better. But once he grows up, once he starts reading, we have the internet, we have newspapers, he moves to a religious area, he sees religious Jews, especially in Eretz Israel, where they're all over the place. Some posts can say that we can't consider them Tino Shanishma anymore. But many posts can say we can. Again, same logic. It's not really 
fair. It's not realistic to say, well, now you've been told the truth. Now you should uh, turn on a dime and, 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 and now become from. So that's where Avadia takes his position as well here. He says that uh, this is a serious position. He says, even if the parents continue to Michal Shabbos and do other Averis, it's, it's not necessarily true that they're really considered Rishayim al he says, and therefore the children should continue to treat them with respect. And she says, it's incumbent upon a person to act in such a way that he makes the name of God, the name of heaven, beloved. Are you going to do that by, by treating your father uh, dis- disdainfully because you're better, because you're religious? That's not the way to make Shem Shemayim Asayim Al Yidem. Maybe, that maybe, maybe by, by treating them gently and in, uh, and in, a, in, a, uh, in a loving and respectful way, maybe they'll, they'll listen to you and they, they, they'll also do tshuva. You catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Ki famous rule, the Torah's ways are ways of pleasantness. The ways of the Torah involve peace and pleasantness and not uh, spurning your parents because, they're, because they haven't uh, found religion the way you have. However, if Avadya then adds one caveat, <coughs> Ulam, he says, <laughs> With the parents are tolerant of their children. They're not hostile. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not, they're not belligerent toward, toward their children and their religion. Either, either that they actually, either that they actually respect the children for their religious convictions or at the very least, he says, they're indifferent, they're, they're, they, they leave them alone, he says. In such a case, even if the parents are personally not observant, we should still treat them with respect and with, uh, with, uh, as a son treats a father. However, he says, if they, if they harass them and they're hostile to them, and they, uh, because they hate religion, he says, then they're mean him and I'll curse him, then he says, then they're beyond any... Uh, any uh, and deserving of any respect, certainly you don't have to show them honor. Hashem has prevented them from, from receiving any honor. I'm not sure I fully understand Ravadia's point. I mean, surely if we accept that they're Tinoch Shanishba, I don't know why it should be so hard to accept that the Tinoch Shanishba extends to their being hostile toward religion. A person can be raised to have an attitude of hostility toward religion as well. I'm not sure why it's so Pashat Ravadia that the, that the dispensation of, of Tinoch Shanishba can't. Uh, can't justify, can't give us a, a dispensation for his hatred of religion as well, for his hostility. That's where Avadia rules, he says, as long as he's not hostile to the children, belligerent toward the children, even though they're not personally observant, we should respect them because the Rambam says you have to respect even a Russia, and even Rav Chaim Ibn Attar says it doesn't apply to a, someone who's a complete Russia and completely abandoned Torah mitzvahs. Not everyone agrees. The Chidad disagrees. And also Tino Shanishba, he says, however, once the, once, if the parents are hostile to religion and belligerent toward the children, then, for some reason, then none of this applies. Then, he says, they are Bechlal Aminim, Kursim, and certainly, certainly we do not need to show them covered and Murrah.